Hello, and you are very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, I'm speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So, wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. So today I'm joined by Dave Cordner, Managing Director of Central Belfast Apartments. Dave, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good to have you here today. Now, before we begin, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Dave and his business. So Dave's journey in serviced accommodation started back in 2007 when Belfast's tourism industry barely existed. He would help his parents with their three properties and got a real buzz from showcasing Belfast to visitors to the city. In 2014, he purchased his first apartment. He then went on to purchase and renovate a second apartment and then in 2016 formed his company, Central Belfast Apartments. They were calling them CBA, is that right? Yep, yep, just CBA. So CBA manages investors' properties as serviced apartments on their behalf and his parents were his first clients. Now, things that Dave learned in the early days of his business around delivering excellent customer service and offering the highest quality accommodation have stuck with him to today. And they are now market leaders in terms of quality and customer satisfaction. CBA now manages a portfolio of over 70 units, Dave, and has hosted tens of thousands of guests into Belfast. And last year, they won Best Service Department Operator at the Service Department Awards and Northern Ireland's leading service departments at the World Travel Awards. You have come a long way, Dave. It was a good year last year. (laughs) It was a really good year last year. But I suppose when it started, um, as I said in the introduction, Belfast really wasn't on the tourism map. But your parents were onto something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, you know it was way back when Airbnb didn't exist. Um, I don't think the the only way to book accommodation in Belfast was to go on the the, the tourist board's website and phone um, or send an email to to make an inquiry. Nothing was really happening. Um, we were just sto- sort of starting to to put ourselves on the map as a as a destination. So I personally, whenever they my parents started there. It was called they called it self catering back then. I did think they were a bit mad, and um, but people were coming for all sorts of different reasons: family, theatre, everything, the troubles, and yeah, it really was just an amazing time to get started to sort of learn learn the ropes when things were were quiet and and small. But certainly over the last fifteen years or so, things have just exploded. Yeah, so I'm going to stay back in the day first of all. So. People who were coming, but did the business actually do well at the time? Were they pretty unique in what they were offering? I think it did well because there wasn't much there wasn't much competition. So we obviously had our hotels, but um, there weren't many self catering units or service departments there. So if people wanted to come and they wanted an apartment, th- there wasn't much else for them. wasn't anywhere else really for them to stay. So they did do very well. They started with one and it did so well they got a second and they both did well, so they got a third. Um, so the demand was there and it was the just the supply was quite restricted, I think, back then. But things started to tick over with 
Troubles tours popped up and the Titanic Museum obviously was a huge thing. And, you know, we did have reasons for people to come here, even if it was city breaks coming up from uh, down south or over from GB. People just like to, to get away somewhere that was different but close. Um, yeah. And then last year, because of what we've been through with the pandemic, oh my goodness, there were so many people visiting Belfast and Northern Ireland. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's something I predicted the whole way through the pandemic was this pent up demand and you know i was sort of talking the whole way through that it would be a tidal wave and that's that's what it was when restrictions were eased people could not wait to travel and to get here now during the pandemic we had lots of people coming up from down south particularly because we eased our restrictions at different times to there so our hospitality was open up here whereas there down south it wasn't so we had a lot of people coming up here to sample the eat out to help out and and the, the different bars and things that we had open but certainly the biggest and the, the tidal wave or the tsunami that I predicted, which which came to pass, was when international travel was relaxed and we were allowed to welcome back all these Americans and Australians who love to come here to this island. And some of them come every year, but some of them have saved up for this trip of their lifetime to come around the, the island. And I knew, you know, what, what greener grass on the other side could be than Ireland to an American. <laughs> and certainly they have came in, in droves. So it's the American market was massive. Huge. It always was, yeah. but you know, it dried up obviously because they couldn't travel. Um, but once we were allowed to accept international travel again, then they just came flooding back. And how much do you have to actually do with your visitors? Me personally? Yeah. Do you see them, or is it a case of you leave a key in a key box and you know? So how much do people want from you? Yeah, it's funny because you know you mentioned at the start there um, the buzz I got from meeting our guests, and it was that was my favourite part of of the business. It was people coming. They were always almost always coming for the first time to Belfast. So you would ask them what, what they have planned and they would say, oh, I don't know, some restaurants and bars, anywhere you'd recommend. And I would love just showcasing yeah. different places. And We love showing off yeah, home, don't we? Exactly. And, and there's nothing that visitors to a city, and we're all like this, love more than a local recommendation. You feel like you're getting a secret little place to go to. And you always go to, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> and it means more because yeah. it's come from uh, a local than instead of you just find it yourself or find it on TripAdvisor mm -hmm. or some guidebook. Um, so that was really my favourite bit, and because I would, I would be meeting them when they arrive, and then I would of, often be doing the cleaning whenever they were leaving, and they would be so happy. We went to that place; it was amazing. You know, it was the best Irish food I've ever got, and the best Guinness, and all this sort of stuff. So, as we've grown. I can't really do that anymore. You know, we have 70 plus properties. I was just going to say, you have 70 units. You, yeah. In over 10 years since you've per purchased your first apartment, you've now got 70. That's incredible. Well, it's, it's actually more incredible when you think that at the start of the pandemic, we lost about half of ours. So we were at about 40 before the pandemic. Now, we manage these properties on behalf of investors, like you said at the start. So um, these are people who own the properties and you know, would like to make an income from Airbnb, but don't have the time or expertise to do it. So they hand it to us and we do it. Now, during COVID, obviously, there were there was no travel. So those, those um, some of those clients decided to just put them back out onto the open, open um, rent market. So we went from about 40 we had at the time at the start of 2020 down to about 20. So it's even more of a quick rise from 20 to 70 in the space of two years. So is that how you tweak the business model? I mean, you obviously don't own all of these apartments. How many do you own yourself and then how many are other people's? So uh, like 99% are other people's. So I own two, the two that you mentioned, and then own a, a guest house, um, which was something slightly different. So instead of offering a full property, we just offer rooms, serviced rooms. Um, but it was... It, <laughs> 
by having my parents as their first clients, you know, they, they essentially wanted to retire for the second time. They bought their first unit with retirement money, um, but ended up working harder and longer hours than when they were both in full-time work. So eventually they did want to retire again, and I wanted to help them out, and I was still young and hungry and, and ambitious. So once I sort of found the model that worked that I could manage theirs, it, it sort of was a light bulb moment that, well, there's lots of other people here who, who would like to earn a living from Airbnb but don't have the, the time. So that I discovered was an, a very quick way to grow a portfolio, and it, you know I think if you were buying them, you couldn't you couldn't grow that quickly. And how does it work? Do they come to you, or do you find them? So they would come to us, um, and effectively we manage it on their behalf. So we are effectively a letting agent, but instead of putting tenants in, we're putting tourists in, and. Yeah, so people have come with all different shapes and sizes. We have one-bedroom apartments all the way up to five-bed penthouses. Um, and recently we've started working with uh, developers and investors who are bringing uh, full blocks to us and we'll we'll take on a lease. So it's a slightly different model. Um, in the, the management model, which is what the vast majority of our properties are, we just take a percentage and then the rest of the income is the clients. But with the lease, you know, we're sort of signing a... a 10-year lease on that and um and is there a particular look do you help with a revamp or a refurb um when you when i looked at your your social media everything seemed really high spec high end uh but is that the way it works yeah so we are very selective with what properties we work with very selective and you know i from the very start i've always put myself in the guest's shoes and I go away on holiday a lot myself, so I know what I like when I'm away. You want to be close to the action. You want to be near things that you're there to see, walkable to everywhere. So I am very picky, and probably 99% of the properties that potential clients bring us, I turn down just because they're in areas that I don't think are right or they're, they're in buildings that I don't think are right or um, just in, in – they just wouldn't, I don't think, deliver the good service, the good experience for the guests that I – that I think they deserve. And, you know, from the very, very start, I still have that in my head about people used to ask me, and they still do to this day, when I tell them what I do, why would anyone come here? You know, the, the people who live here are very sort of, they they don't see they don't what we have here, you know, and I think that's maybe normal, just you're so close to things, you don't see the value. But um, I'm very, very mindful that people have made maybe at times a tough decision to come to Belfast, you know, they've maybe told people, especially if they're young, they've maybe told parents or, or older people, we're going to Belfast, and people, I assume, are saying, oh, be careful, it's dangerous, you know, people, they're, they're do you the older still, generation. Do you still hear that? Not so much yeah. now. Now, if you might have seen on some of my social media that I, I like, so I can't meet the guests at person that stay in our flats, but I still love speaking to tourists and people who are visiting the city, and um, I, I interview them now, I, I go out and just <laughs> randomly stop people outside City Hall and ask them why they're here, and... I always want to know, did they have any trepidation about coming here? Were they scared? Did anyone tell them you need to be careful? And no one do, no one knows. Like, so I spoke to some French people at the at the Christmas market, and they didn't have a clue. I was like, what did you know about Belfast before you came here? And they said Titanic, and that was it. They didn't Goodness. know anything about the Troubles, which is amazing. Whereas I spoke to a few um, Americans um, outside City Hall uh, a few months ago, and I asked them had they heard, and they said yes, but they had absolutely no fear whatsoever about coming now because, in, in their opinion, that was all done and dusted and over. So, But do you still find that maybe people you talk to locally or your friends, they go, I can't believe you've built a business out of this? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It, it really is. People, 
they're surprised, you know, that 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 people want to come here and they're in in their droves. Um, and you know, COVID did have a it was horrible, but it was good at the same time because we had a lot of people coming up from down south. Now, I'm talking about generally Americans coming or people, you know, farther afield. They're like, okay, we'll go to Belfast. During the pandemic, we had so many people who were coming up to Belfast only from over the border uh-huh. for the first time I ever. Know, I know, and it is and you saw it's all crazy of the, the, the regs driving around. Yeah, and think, wow, it's so crazy to think we're so mm-hmm. close, but people, and I, obviously the people down south would know more than an American about what actually happened, and, and which is probably why they didn't come. Exactly, <laughs> but you know that that can only be a good thing that they've come, and I'm sure had a great time, mm-hmm. and will have come went went back home and told everyone actually Belfast was brilliant, and we went over the border too. Exactly, it was great. Everyone actually. went. We just all swapped. <laughs> Discovered the island yeah. of Ireland. Yeah. yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 So, I mean, you have been so successful. Um, I hate to be a, a, a merchant of doom here, but do you ever, do you, how do you see this year panning out? Last year, of course, everything was open up again. International travel uh, was on. And those people who'd wanted to come to Northern Ireland maybe had had postponed trips, cancelled trips, or they wanted to, to reschedule. Where are we now? So Belfast is always a bit of a seasonal city. No one comes here for the weather, but it is a bit seasonal. Um, it, it generally dips in January, February and March. We're obviously in a unique situation of this cost of living and recession. I think that it will be at worst similar to sort of during the pandemic where if you think about the people who live local, they couldn't, they weren't allowed to travel internationally. They weren't allowed to travel because of restrictions. So they staycationed. Um, now people can't afford to travel internationally to America or Australia, so I think they'll stay local as well. And that'll be, I think, a mixture of people, again, coming up from down south, but also people, a vast majority of people from GB, who still feel like getting on a plane will mean it's a holiday. So flying over from Scotland, London, Liverpool, wherever in, in GB, coming to Belfast will seem like far enough of a holiday to make it feel different than you've just got in the car and drove half an hour down the road. So I'm very optimistic. Um, we do have an extremely good city here, an extremely good offering. We have mountains, beaches, forests, cities, everything within a short drive um, of, of each other. There's not many cities that have what we do. We're a capital city that has everything a capital city should have, but within 20 minutes you can get to Helens Bay, you know, you can get to the Mourns, you can get to Cave Hill. Um, and do you find that people want to travel when they're here? Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of... A lot of people who would come here are coming on a tour of the island. Um, a lot of people come here and, yeah, they, they want to see and explore and see what there is. People come here for all sorts of different reasons. It's it's not even just leisure. It's, it's business. Um, we have lots of big business here that people have to be here for work. We also have a lot of development happening in the city and, and the country. Lots of building sites and, and 
things they're the you know contractors and and people who work in these sites need to come over and, and be here for extended periods of time so there's so many reasons why people come to Belfast and um, I personally think this city and Northern Ireland in general we're just getting started you know we didn't have a tourism industry for 30 years the likes of Dublin London Glasgow they all tore on while no one would would dare come here we're just getting started. And tell me, why would people choose CBA, Central Belfast Apartments, over an Airbnb, over a hotel, although the cost of hotel br- uh, rooms at the minute in Belfast is astronomical? It is, it is. And there are varying, varying reasons for that, which I won't go into. But um, for me, I think... This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services a niche business law practice located in the heart of Newry City. We provide legal advice and representation to individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries on an assortment of legal matters which can affect a business such as corporate, commercial, employment, dispute resolution, regulatory and compliance. We focus on providing legally sound, commercial and practical advice to our clients. To get in touch, contact 028-30-262200 or visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk to find out more about the firm and our services. Previously, whenever we were starting with, with some clients, they would they would be fearful of, I think maybe three or four years ago, there was a a huge amount of hotels being built, and I, I think there still are some in, in planning. And they, they would ask me, am I, am I fearful of the hotels coming? And I, I always said no. We are complementary to hotels. We're not direct competitors. So if someone wants to stay in a hotel, you know, they're not going to see one of our apartments and be swayed by that. They want probably a restaurant on site or maybe a swimming pool or a gym or something like that. Um, but if someone wants a, an apartment, they're going to book an apartment mm-hmm. no matter what. So the the all the hotels springing up are positive signs for tourism you know if there's people with much more experience and much more money than me who are willing to spend millions to build hotels that can only be a good sign for the direction of travel of, of belfast tourism um so in terms so there's of something for everyone in terms of affordability i suppose as well and the self-catering option provides a different offering to to people who maybe have to watch the pennies a little more i mean goodness we all do but um if you if you are traveling away you could think well do you know what we've got the kitchen here we can we can feed ourselves um and then we could maybe go out one one night or something like that yeah i mean it up a bit like i i have a a young family i have two young kids and the thought of bringing them to hotel room fills me with dread it's okay so the family need i need a sofa i need a kitchen (laughs) i need a door i can close to get some peace um, you know, and uh, it's not just that. I I have people who uh, are are coming to work in big um, corporate bodies in Belfast, and they just a standard do get put up in four or five star hotels. But they come to us and say, "I am sick to death of a hotel." I just they said I I went down to the restaurant and I said, "Please, I'll pay you fifty pounds. Please just make me beans on toast. I oh can't eat goodness. restaurant food so anymore." So the business traveler is just looking for something traveler, that's more like a home. Yeah, they want the sofa. They want to just chill out on the on the sofa, watch Netflix, um, have somewhere to work, have a supermarket nearby. They can just go in and get some stuff. You know, it, it's it's more of a home from home. And that's becoming more popular, isn't it? Are companies and firms realizing this and perhaps coming to an arrangement with you to have an apartment that they're people can use absolutely and you know especially if people are here for an extended period of time 
for one, two months working in, a, you know, say BT or Citibank or, or developing a new project or department or something. People are here for an extended period and, and it's two months in a hotel room. You know, you'd be bouncing off the walls. You need you need a bit more space yeah, than that. It sounds glamorous, but absolutely, that th- thought of that claustrophobia after a while uh, would be crazy. Room service menu doesn't look that appealing <laughs> when you've been there for uh, at several weeks. Young professionals as well, shared spaces for young professionals. That's something you offer too. Uh, so we don't actually offer any. Um, long-term lets or anything so what we do is uh we do have single rooms that we would offer so which is in that guest house and um yeah that would be something that people can come and stay in really just on a short-term basis Ah, i saw that on the social media and i thought oh that sounds interesting um you don't do anything with students we actually were um in talks with and, and we did a trial with one of the big student accommodation in belfast this this summer uh, when they were sort of emptying out students, they had all these empty rooms and they approached us and said, you know, maybe we could do something together of bringing mm. students from other cities up to Belfast and staying in the student accommodation. So we trialled that and it was a, an amazing success. Um, we did specify that they had to be students to come and stay. And it was it was amazing. Really? Uh, yeah. So, so what kind of properties were these now? Would these be halls of residence or actual sh- student accommodation housing? These were one of the new... Mm. beautiful deluxe student accommodation yeah. in Belfast City Centre. Um, and it was great. And, you know, it works f- for everyone because yeah. they have a building that's beautiful but empty. And we have lots of people who want to come and stay in Belfast. So it, it just it ties in very well. So, so that'll be continuing. That will, Yeah, the trial this year was very good. And I think next year we'll... Yeah, I'd take the whole building if they, if they could give us Fantastic. it. Fantastic. I remember years ago, actually, my parents taking myself and my sister to Dublin and we stayed in Trinity. I did that too. Did you? Yeah. And tiny little four beds. Of us. But yeah, it was I all slept very on the floor. quirky and you had the little houses. Yeah, it was yeah. fabulous. Yeah. You slept on the floor. I slept on the floor. And I it was very it reasonable and you could take the family to Dublin. And you had uh, breakfast, do you remember, in the... In I mean, the university, I don't even remember how much. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't, didn't pay for breakfast. it back then, but I don't. I don't know how much that cost, but that must have been f- for nothing. And I think it's, you know, it's students are on a budget, especially yeah. these days. And um, but to travel, be able to travel is is a really good opportunity. Well, young people just want to travel, especially after being cooped up for, for for so long during the pandemic. We we want to be able to explore, so to be able to do that and know you've got somewhere nice with a bathroom mm-hmm. would be would be fabulous. So where do you see yourself heading next? Because you know, just reading that introduction as well, all that you have achieved. Uh, best service department operator at the service department awards i didn't even know such a thing existed <laughs> and northern ireland's leading service departments at the world travel awards so how did that come about and and how do you beat that so yeah well it, during the pandemic i you know there was a lot of soul searching i think for a lot of business owners um i almost felt envious of some people who were in jobs and who were furloughed and could literally just sit at home watching netflix as a business owner you are feeling every day you're seeing every cancellation and you're you're feeling very not out of control but not in control everything seemed to be happening to us and as business owners we like to be able to be in control and direct things and change where we're heading but you couldn't during the pandemic so i decided i would grab control and take control of what i could and that was my mindset and my my drive and 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 the things i could control so that's why why we started the all the video content it was something like you know that I could control. No one was talking about Belfast and Northern Ireland. All the big tourism bodies, tourism bodies switched off their marketing budget 
and I thought, well, this is a good time for us to to be heard in a in a very quiet marketplace. So that's what we did. I worked on myself. I got a business coach. I did so much soul searching, and and I was a hundred percent determined that we were going to come out of the pandemic in a much stronger position than when we went in. To 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 use it as fuel um, to sort of grow our resilience and our drive, and that's what we did. We came out like. A batter to hell out of those as soon as those restrictions were eased we were going now i felt the weight not only of our team that we employed but all our clients who entrusted us with those properties and it, the vast vast majority of them stuck it out with us during the during covid when there was no travel and it was literally goodwill of me saying listen this this will not last forever and um so i felt a real sense of uh, responsibility to them to ensure that 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 they would be rewarded for trusting me so we did we came out um really strong uh we've grown faster than ever before we you know we've won these awards and and that's real testament to, to, uh, to not just us as a company but to the team you know that the team that that works for Sentinel belfast departments is is incredible they have the passion that i had at the start um and they deliver the customer service to our guests so it was it was great for me to send cheryl our amazing um manager over to um I, can't, I think it was Grand Canaria to the World Travel Awards ceremony to pick up that award. So, wow. yeah, that was a, a nice reward. Well, it's testament to you're being very modest here to, I suppose, your leadership throughout that uh, crisis because you've mentioned right at the start you lost so many of those properties, you know, and, and really all you had was trust mm-hmm. and that and those relationships that you'd built and you'd worked so hard at because you didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but you had the faith. Yep. It, what about the team then? Did you, did you have to let people go with the team, or had, have you built the team back up and beyond the, that? Yeah, the the team is bigger than ever before, um, and you know it's it's amazing to see it to to see them just working away and delivering the, the customer service to our guests. And I love, you know, I I read all our reviews online, and I love seeing the people in our team mentioned by guests to say, oh, Caddy was amazing, Cheryl was amazing. You know, all of them really go so the extra mile. Have? So we have four at the minute, and then we ha- they would work in our office, so they would be um, front of house and, and management, dealing with the guests and all the operational sides. And then we have a team, as you would imagine, of some very dedicated, very hard-working housekeepers yeah. who <laughs> have to buzz around all over Belfast, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, They're worth their weight in gold, aren't they? Absolutely. And how do you look after them to make sure they stay with you? Oh Well, we, we are lucky that, you know, we have a real strong team that, that have been with us for years and there's there's trust on both sides there. You know, we, we trust that they can um, deliver a really good service for our guests and they trust that we're going to keep them very, very busy. So um, it works both ways on that. And yeah, we wouldn't, like we couldn't do our job without them you know they are the absolute crucial keys in the in the whole thing now i love the fact that you turn to social media you know during lockdown and, and and you've become that sort of face of the business as well but also that face of belfast you've developed a bit of a persona and i love the fact that you just go out onto the street and talk to tourists and i'm thinking you know if i was traveling to somewhere for the first time i've actually booked somewhere i love you know, Airbnb and that freedom that it gives you from time to time. But it's great when you meet the person that owns the apartment and, like you said, recommends things. But I think if they had a social media presence, um, 
and I could and they could show me the things on their Facebook page. That would be fabulous. Has that worked really well as a lead generation for you? I I absolutely love it. You know, so it it just harks back. It, it's just some some of my strongest um, values is is the passion for Belfast and showcasing it. And you know, I. I I do sort of joke in that I'm the unofficial ambassador of Belfast and um, we've actually worked with Visit Belfast because our values are so aligned. You know, they are wanting to promote Belfast as a des- destination in the exact same way as I am. So we actually work with them over um, over Christmas on some videos about the Christmas market. And it was just, you know, a, a silly, simple video of me asking. We were there on the first day the Christmas market opened and I just went down everyone. So I think it opened on the 12th. Or no, it was in November, maybe the twentieth of November, and I just went down and asked maybe about forty people in the queue, "Have you got your Christmas tree up yet? Have you got your Christmas tree up yet?" That video's got nearly a million views on TikTok. Um, really, a million, like nine hundred and three or nine hundred and thirty or something thousand views. See, I'm not even on TikTok. I need to get myself done. Oh, yeah, I need it's to the future. <laughs> it's the future. So, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So um, it's been amazing. So it's a way for me to, in a much bigger way, spread the message about Belfast and and everything that it has to offer and. You know, I love going to the places that are new and that work hard and that also deliver good customer service um, to, to showcase it because ultimately it's not just visitors who see those videos, it's the people who live in Belfast. It's the same people who say, why would anyone want to come here? I want them to see it and to, to get a bit of pride in their own city. It is that positivity though. Absolutely. Like, yes, we have our issues in Belfast, but every other city does as well. You know, at the end of the day, we're one of the safest cities in the world to visit. Um, no matter what our reputation used to be, we have some really cool stuff here, and you know, and there are things that are never going to go away. Yes, the 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 fame or and the the enthusiasm around Game of Thrones may wane as time goes on, but not Titanic, not the Giant's Causeway, not the Troubles either. We have and there'll be something else that exactly. Will come along. We have world class uh, film and TV studios now. Who knows what the next best uh, TV show in the world will be filmed in Belfast? As a boy from Carrick, you're extremely proud of, of Belfast, aren't you? Um, do you see yourself ever widening out and going elsewhere? Absolutely. So that is on the cards for this year. Um, we are, I mean, I would love to do the whole island. I would love to get down to Dublin. The rules down there are a lot stricter and, and different, which, you, you know, you might expect given the, the housing crisis down there. So it's a bit trickier. But certainly this year we're looking to go up into the north coast and Derry, London, Derry as well. So I think Derry is a city like Belfast, you know, even more years ago than, than 2007. And it is really just coming into its own as well. So, um, yeah. So do you have a five-year plan? Not so much a five-year plan um, because it's... It's hard, I you know, in a way I almost don't want to take my eye off the ball in Belfast. I can't say we've completed Belfast. I still want to grow here, but I do want to want to spread the love around a bit. You know, I would love to be up in Derry or, or in, up in the port doing the best Guinness in Derry or the best Guinness in the port. I live in Port Rush. You're, um, I, I come up and we'll, we'll talk about that. That sounds <laughs> fantastic. Um, how would you describe your success so far, Dave? Um. Authentic, um, slow, but consistent. You know, I think, I mean, I felt, I can remember being back in right at the very start when I had one property, um, trying to contact people and trying to like get on visit. I'm like, you know, it's me. I haven't changed. I still have the same passion. No one cared. No one really wanted to listen to me back then, but I've just got my head down, kept going, grafting, having 
passion and letting that passion drive me. You know, I, I could just keep I could keep working twenty four hours a day on the things that I love to do. And I think that's that's the biggest key in any business, I think, is find the things that you love to do and dedicate the time to that. All the bits and everyone in business has bits that they hate to do. Try and leverage that out. Try and find someone else to help you with those bits and and because otherwise you'll get disillusioned and a bit frustrated. I was going to say, what's the best bit? I mean, we can hear all the best bits, but what are the challenges? Apart from, now you've come through COVID and you did that brilliantly, but what, what's the hardest part about running the business? Um, staff is hard. So I think a lot of hospitality businesses through coming out the other side of COVID have struggled to, to find and retain staff. Um, I don't know what's happened to the industry. I think a lot of people just decided to leave it and to try a different venture um, but certainly whenever we find some some good people we, we grab onto them and hold onto them and, and, and look after them as well um, one thing that some people might know this some people might not is with with Airbnbs or with service accommodation they they can be there is a very dodgy set of guests out there who will try and book it people who come and try and book it for parties and other sort of not very nice things oh. and that's something that we have to keep fighting against and keep um we vet our guests very very stringently if we have any concerns about them because the last thing we want is our neighbors or our business associated with some crazy party you know these aren't our properties these are our clients properties and the last thing we want is a party happening and it stuff being damaged or, or wrecked do you ask that question outright yeah and okay. uh, we you know we we put it all over all of our listings um you know we're a we're a brand who's here to cater for tourism not for parties and you know the the service accommodation industry because it is relatively new um it, it's it's unregulated and it does get a bit of a bad rap there are a lot of operators out there who don't care they'll just chase the money you know and offering a one night stay on a saturday night you will get a lot of money but the the you run the risk of letting a lot of people in that maybe shouldn't be coming to stay. Um, but there are people who do just chase that money and will let anyone stay. And they, they ruin the reputation in the industry. So um, that's part of the reason why I started coaching other operators who are trying to get into to service accommodation. Because you know if we can improve the standard throughout Belfast and the UK and Ireland as well, that can only be a good thing for the industry. Um, so that's what you're doing? I didn't realise that. Yeah, so I've got two social media accounts. One is Central Belfast Apartments and the other is Airbnb Coach. And ah. yeah, so very, very different. And it's funny, you know, because people... So, yeah, give us our top tips. Uh, well, tell us about it and then tell us, you know, if I want to run a, a have an Airbnb, what should I do? Yeah, so I was going to say it's funny because people have started to come up to me a, a bit recently and sort of say, oh, you're that guy off, off TikTok or off, off Instagram. And I never actually know what one they're talking about, what profile, because... One of them, I'm just relaxed, drinking Guinness and saying, oh, this is the best Guinness or this is the best place to get something to eat or whatever. Or, um, or in the Airbnb coach one, it's a lot more serious because I'm like trying to literally improve the standard of a whole industry. So I'm talking about very serious, for most people, probably boring things. Um, so I never know how to respond. And I'm like, yeah, Guinness, you. Or is it like, oh, where's your property that you've got? What, You're what are you like struggling Stephen with? You're no like Stephen Nolan on, on, on Radio Wall Street. He's different. <laughs> and then he's Steve over in Five Live. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Airbnb coach stuff, that is, like I said, it's, it's trying to improve the standard in the industry. And also at the same time, you know, I never had a coach. There was no one doing what I'm doing now when I started. So I made an awful lot of mistakes. You know, I... I let the stag party in at the start. You know, I, I, um, 
just made all the mistakes that that anyone starting out will make, and it, you know there are lots of mistakes you'd make in any business, but costly. Costly, yeah, and obviously you learn from them. So by me being a, a coach, I'm sort of helping the people to accelerate their journey. They can learn from my mistakes, not learning from the, their own mistakes. So it enables people to get far further, far quicker. Um, in terms of what I do, I have a sort of principal method that I've, I've written a, a book on, and actually my second book's about to come out in the next few months, um, and that is around five fundamentals. So there, there are as you can imagine, there are a lot of moving parts in a service accommodation business, a lot of plates to be spun at the same time, but really it boils down to five fundamental things that I think if you get right, you'll have a, a really good business and a really some really happy guests. So that is the first thing is the property, obviously, and probably the most important thing in that is the location, which I touched on earlier. You know, it, it's simply not going to work if you have visitors coming from another location and you're you're putting them in a property which is, a, is in, in an area that isn't safe or welcoming for them. It's only going to lead to bad reviews. You might get away with it at the start because people don't know where the good and bad areas are, but once they actually arrive, you know, the name of this game is it's a hospitality business and it's review-driven, so everyone who comes and stays will leave a review, either good or bad. So you need to chase those good ones. Um, the second one is the people, so how do you actually deal with guests? What do they expect? Because they can be very demanding. They can book an apartment but expect a hotel. Um, and, you know, it's about being ready for that and, and trying to uh, preempt a lot of their concerns. I'd also treat them the right way. You know, you should be treating them like a hospitality business, like they are guests and not tenants. Um the third one is promotion. So where do you get bookings from? Because it's not just about Airbnb. You know, you can get direct bookings and, and on booking.com, Expedia. There are so many other places. And it's about getting the the right price for for your property. The fourth fundamental is processes. So as I say, you know, this business can take over your life. And it certainly did take over my life when I was just getting started. Um, so there's lots of ways to systemize it and streamline things so that guests get... Um, the same experience no matter where they stayed or when they stayed um, and also that your phone isn't just ringing 24 hours a day with, with so-called emergencies. And then the fifth one is protection. So again, we've touched on that about how to protect your property and your, your reputation from these bad guests. So the whole business effectively, in my opinion, can be boiled down to these five fundamentals and that's what I, I help people with. Invaluable advice and I'm sure if anybody's thinking of, of starting an Airbnb business, definitely uh, check out Dave and I'm sure he will have great words of wisdom for you. Um, how do you switch off? How do you get away from your phone ringing 24-7? So as I said, I have an unbelievable team that I thank them so much for who deal with the, the day-to-day on-the-ground guest-facing issues. I obviously am not just sitting at home twiddling my thumbs. I'm really busy as well. Um, but I I throw myself fully into things that I'm passionate about and, and love to do. So it doesn't really feel like work. But at the same time, as I said, I have two young kids, two young boys, and they are the best thing to help me switch off. You know, as soon as they come in and start jumping all over you, oh. there's there's no thought of work. What um, ages are they? Three and five. Oof, so busy. they were three and four until l- last month. Jack turned five. But yeah, they keep me very, very busy. And would you like them to continue the business? I, I don't know. Um, it depends. You know, they might not have the same passion for Belfast because they grew up in it. You know, I think I do think my passion from Belfast came from not living in Belfast, from living in Carrick, but being close enough to, well, we'll go to Belfast, you know, and it was, <laughs> whoa, big day out. and it was always amazing. So <laughs> I think that's where my passion comes from. They have maybe grown up on it, so they might think, well, that's fine. Um, for me, all I want them, I want them to see me as a role model in terms of following a passion, doing what you love, working hard at things, and, you know, 
to have grit and resilience to be able to come through obstacles and adversity like COVID. Um, so I don't care what they do as long as they're happy and they, they work hard at it. Your parents must be extremely proud of what you've achieved. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sometimes when I tell my mum what we're doing or I tell them both, my mum just looks at me and like, where did you come from? <laughs> what? <laughs> How did you even? So, yeah, I think... It, well, it all started with them. It did. It did. It absolutely did. And, you know, the whole the whole journey of, of me getting to this size sort of started way back whenever, you know, I used to do everything myself. I used to clean the toilets, change the beds, meet the guests, deal Gosh. with the bookings, see them when they left. And it does take over your life, and it can. You know, they wanted to retire again from doing it. Um, and I see a lot of people falling into that trap. So the thing that sort of set... The, the wheels in motion for growth for me was the the notion of leveraging tasks out. So the first thing I did was I, I got some cleaners in. And I always remember my dad, I've told the story loads of times, he's, he would say, why would you do that? Sure, you can just clean it yourself. Uh-huh. It only takes a few hours. And 70? he's right, but the fact that it's, um, it's, it's those two hours that you could be used, that you could use those hours to, to deliver guest um, excellent service or mm-hmm. secure a new booking or a new client or a new property. So... Once you sort delegate, of, yeah, leverage and delegation, that's the only way to grow a business. Fabulous. Now, the purpose of this podcast, Dave, is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering insight into the success of businesses such as Central Belfast Apartments. And my goodness, have we been inspired today. But what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking? Um, so I think if someone has an idea, first of all... It, it, I hope that it would be something that they are passionate about because, you know, business is hard. Once you get started, the shine wears off. It can wear off. And unless you love the thing that you're doing, you love that idea, you will work for free on it. Um, you're going to you're gonna fall off. You're going to decide, no, this is too hard. I'm not doing it. So I would hope that it's something that they're already passionate about. And then I think, it's just start. Just try it, you know. We live in a world where... You can do anything with this information age. You can go on, you can use AI to do your copy. You can use Upwork to get freelancers to do a logo or a website or a landing page. Literally, the world is at your fingertips. Um, and there are so many options and opportunities to, to try it. But I would say just try it because, you know, you're never going to look back when you're, when you're 80 or 90 and say, I tried that, but it didn't work. You will look back and say, I, I knew I should have tried that because someone else did it three years later and look at them. So, you know, the fear of, of regret is is worse than the fear of, of making a mistake. And do you have an exit strategy? No. Um, <laughs> You'll no. still be there at 80 and 90. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, at the minute I'm just focused on growing and developing and, and continuing to showcase Belfast and Northern Ireland and in the, in the way it should be. Well, you're doing a fantastic job. What a story uh, today on the Public Eye podcast. Uh, my thanks to David Cordner, Managing Director of Central Belfast Apartments. I hope you've enjoyed today. Plenty more uh, Public Eye podcast editions to come. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. 
Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.